Welcome to another episode of the Pedestrian Podcast. We have people watching the live stream, and for those few who are, we apologise, but we were listening to Pete Carroll not answer questions on Seahawks' Twitter and social media feeds. Uh, myself, Stuart Court, is as ever joined. Oh, yeah, well, I can't remember what we agreed on that, but Adam, <laughs> Adam is here as well. How are we, sir? You know, in Arrested Development, when there's there's episodes where stuff goes wrong and they're just do 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 <laughs> walking with their heads to the ground, devastated as to kind of what what's gone wrong. I mean, it's the Mike. It's a gif, isn't it, of Michael Sarah? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and weirdly, these Seahawks games, like during them, I find myself much less upset than the day after and the the ensuing days as the carcass continues to be mercilessly picked at um because we are so shit now yeah, so I mean, shit that we've basically called an emergency podcast you let's call it what it is it, this it, is an emergency well, no, podcast it, it was it we were going to do a podcast this week we just did it while it was i think you said last week last year about the package game we did it friday with uh Dugar, Dugor, is that is that what McAfee called him earlier today? Um, with Mike, uh, but this one's kind of just like fresh because yeah, it was just like we didn't have many the Seahawks offense didn't have many drives last night, and sixty percent of them there was at least three occasions where I was like on my phone. Oh yeah, the Seahawks have got the ball. Like <laughs> my TV was relatively loud as well, so it wasn't like. It was just, I really thought, I think we shared the message as well. I really thought we were going to win last night. Mm. Not like 40 to 7 or anything like that, because Colt McCoy, lol, lol, lol. I thought, we, I thought this, there would be, Russell, Wilson, Russell would be better. The Cardinals' defence is decent, but ball. And I just thought, it's Colt McCoy and Zach Ertz in Arizona for 10 days. And every name I mentioned just then had their day. I mean, Zach Ertz got two touchdowns. He's been there 10 days and he's made more of an impact on the Cardinals than our 2020 fifth round pick has in Mm -hmm. 23 games, which is obviously unfair on Colby Parkinson, but it was just, it was. Awful, <laughs> like, yeah, it's just it was terrible. Like, it, that game, the Cardinals should have won by about 15 mm-hmm. with ballsier calls by Kingsbury or a kicker. It's a blowout, and the conversations, the awkward conversations, have sounds like they've happened in VMAC this morning over there. It would be even more awkward and more, yeah, just conducive to chat, Adam. Well, we spoke at fairly decent length with Mike on Friday about the deficiencies in the Seahawks team, the Seahawks offense. Then Kyler Murray's inactive. So I'm thinking... And not not Hopkins was... Yeah, as well. ...playing when we spoke to Mike. Yeah. So it's like, all right, We've just gone into this about an hour and a half when the Seahawks are shit, but they're probably going to go and beat the team winning the division now. 
And we might look stupid, but it's the whole season is like confirming priors one way or the other. Then that the both teams have their first drive of the game. Um, Chandler Jones gets his obligatory sack on Russell Wilson in his first drive, which is just classic. And Colt McCoy dinks and dunks the Cardinals into the end zone. And I think I tweeted out then that I fully expect Seattle to still win this because of the talent deficiency or the talent gap across the two teams. But what we spoke about on Sunday, that the Seahawks offense is just individuals waiting for something to happen. Whereas a good team can be without their two best players, but have a structure in place that you can just plug guys in and play and they win. Obviously, that's more than 280 characters. So I said it much more succinctly than that. And I waited. And I waited. And we all waited for the Seahawks to win. And it got worse and worse and worse. And it ended up being what seems to be the game that puts a fork in the team for everyone going forward to the point where Mike's podcast, I think was titled this morning, This is the End. And he led with the Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson era is over. That's how bad yesterday was. I mean, yeah, it, yeah, it it woke everybody up to like a bubbling undercurrent. Like everyone is fully <laughs> such a novel. It's like Jared, what's his surname? Jared Harris is like like certain corners of the fan base have been Jared Harris in the first episode of Chernobyl, and this is when. Like Jared Harris gets on the binos. They say it was that. That work, I'm unsure. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, it's it's it, yeah, it's done. Like it's officially over. Like I don't know, there's a lot of dead air like three minutes into this podcast, but it's just it's just kind of this we, we did try to warn people. Yeah, but and like but I at, at a we, certain like I, I posted that article last week and I think I joked with you and Dave on they say us on um, Twitter saying this is going to be on freezing cold takes in like three weeks, but here we go. And then mm-hmm. I said that to Steve Stanmayer, who said he read it and like agreed with everything. I was like, I said I was scared. He goes, no, 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 you've like absolutely nailed it. This is that's exactly what is happening and happened and will continue to happen. But it's just, it kind of, it was like, yeah, it, it was going to happen, but I didn't think it would happen like that. I didn't think it would happen before Thanksgiving because no. this team always, like you said, they, they everything suggested that they were going to win yesterday. Mm. Even like the first the first Seahawks play was an 18-yard Rashad Penny rope. And he looked like Rashad Penny and he's CJ Procise himself. And now he's out probably, I mean, a hamstring injury. On the first play from scrimmage is a lot of things. Like, it's unprofessional, surely. Like, imagine you and Nick Wright sitting on there, sitting in the stadium on Sunday, and Lucas Mora pulls up with cramp after four minutes. I would have loved it. (laughs) Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, someone who's already in the target, a, a lame duck, a sitting duck for criticism, pulls a muscle on the first 
play. <laughs> like, and it was only 18 yards and he got tackled. So it's not like he pulled up. It just went. And like, how, how can someone who needs the opportunity is, is if he's not a vanity name searcher on social media, I'll be amazed. How can somebody, like we said, it's probably one of the ones reading everything, what people said about him, has the opportunity, has his first start in year four, like deep into year four. And yeah, and like, when, when you saw, and when you saw like the, like Tim Booth and Jessamine, um, like Stacy as well, she tweeted like, someone's in the blue tent, we're not sure who, we think it's Rashad. And it's just like, come on, man. Like, that is, like, just so symbolic of everything, really. Like, it's just not, it's not the not the functioning machine it was four, five, six years ago. Yeah, I mean, four years ago, certainly three years ago, I probably started on a little bit of a crusade <laughs> of thinking that something's not right here. And the last thing that I wanted the Seahawks to ever do was not to be good. But there are some times where I feel like you can see something in a team that doesn't feel right. And got like 160 episodes of receipts, unfortunately, that would suggest that there seemed to be a problem for a while. And it's now all just come to a head. And it's, you know, we probably lost some listeners for being negative. Um, I think there's people that we used to speak to maybe a bit more about the team that don't engage as much because of perceived negativity. But I feel like this has been coming for if three it, years. If, like, you, you know when you re- re-watch TV shows, like you re-watch The Wire, or you re- like, I, I re-watch Community pretty much every year. Mm-hmm. And you notice Easter eggs you notice things in the background, you notice like throwaway jokes. Like it it feels like if this was recorded for like a 17 part Amazon Prime series, we would notice so much with like context, Mm -hmm. little comments from Russell Wilson. Like the more it goes, the more it kind of feels like, like everything just kind of, every word he said for the last couple of years has probably been layered in, this, I mean, Tyler Lockett said what he said last night, eleven months ago, mm-hmm. and then spent the and summer. Pete Cow today has dismissed it almost out yeah. of hand. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, yeah, but that, that's that's what he say that that's presuming that Tyler's right. I mean, what? And then he's talking about how the leaders in the locker mm-hmm. room stepped up and said their part. Well, yeah, but one of your leaders, one of the more experienced players on the team, said this, and you're saying it didn't happen. Well, it doesn't happen. Yeah, it's just it just feels like if we actually went back and pay attention, read with the context of the past, what Ted Woods, um, yeah, it, it's yeah, as you say, it's been it's been bubbling, it's been happening, and it's just all come to a grinding hot. Like I, I legit, legitimately thought, even like there would, oh, yeah, it's 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 done. Like I. I I have no intention of probably watching next Monday's game because why? For a multitude of reasons, but it, like, yeah. It's, what is the point? 
If I can try and take a positive from it. There's only seven um, games left. <laughs> the Seahawks have maxed out a lot of credit cards in the last couple of years trying to maintain a mirage of being truly competitive after also trying to rebuild in 2017, 2018. Mm. And like fair play to them because most teams that have a reset of that degree have to have a year off. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like Sean Payton Saints went like seven and nine, I think three years in a row with Drew Brees. So what Seattle tried to do was rebuild from an LOB team to a Russell Wilson team or an offense team. And unfortunately they didn't draft well enough, which most teams don't draft well enough. So kind of happens. But then with Sheldon Richardson, with not so much Clowney, but you're seeing it with Jamal Adams now with Carlos Dunlap, they, they threw a lot of resources at short-term fixes to what should be long-term solutions, ergo the draft. And in a way, there's part of me that thinks I'm quite pleased we're not going to go into next season with this idea of we're nearly there, just need to spend a little bit more of future money on trying to plug a gap that deep down at best will just take us to another early playoff loss. I'm almost at the point of thinking that the dramatic level of yesterday's loss means that people can properly take stock of the situation and think, right, this has to be done properly. And if it means there's going to be a year where they don't win, so be it. Because I kind of feel like continuing to spend tomorrow's money today on short-term fixes is just going to lead us to the position that we're in right now and not get much better. And this idea of Pete Carroll not having accountability, like there needs to be someone there to tell him that this is not working now. And if you're going to stay, it's not what I want, but if you're going to stay fine, but you need to start realizing what's going on here as opposed to drinking your own Kool-Aid because that's led us to being beaten twice in eight months by Colt fucking McCoy at home. Yeah, I looked. It's uh, 50 weeks ago he beats the Giants. But even that was different because Colt McCoy was bad that game. Yeah, true. That was the Giants defense. That was Leland Williams. That was James Bradbury. That was Jabril Peppers causing havoc for the offense, which was arguably the second time. That, like That was like game two of this 16-game season you talked about Russell Wilson. Over the last year, but yes, like yesterday, he mm. like there wasn't apart from AJ Green, maybe there wasn't anything really downfield. It was all like Rondell Moore had eleven targets for minus eleven air yards, which means on eleven catches he he caught it el- minus eleven like eleven yards behind the line of scrimmage. But he did it, and then like Rondell Moore had the third and. 12 or whatever it was where he diced and then got pushed over the first down marker by yeah. I a think seal a seal player. I think it was Brian Monet. And he's just like, and then two possessions later, we have a third and 20 and hand it off to Travis Homer, who it's not his fault. No, very few running backs are going to get 20 yards on a third and 20. But yeah, yeah, it, yeah, there's, there's just there's just there's no way around it. And I think I tweeted last night that 
it it seems with almost every snap of the uh, the offense takes of the few they do um that all three of them the whole power structure of the Seahawks for the last decade since the 75th pick in 2012 is going to what assuredly change into probably not be here next year like any of them like I, I just don't there's no way you can do what you just detailed really with any of them with their fingerprints on it I don't think mm-hmm. yeah, but there's, there's, right. there's, there's no point because like I, I, I don't mind John Schneider like he seems he's a nice bloke he, like, he built this team he helped steer Pete Carroll down this obviously maybe I mean, he, he's the reason Russell Wilson's here in the first place. Not Pete Carroll. It's it's um, John Schneider, but like he, he he almost can't still be here. Yeah, I mean Schneider probably either needs to fall on his sword, or would have to like out Pete Carroll as the reason things are going wrong. But even- which which he's not going to do. So no. you wonder you wonder if Schneider. Unless he's like got the ear of Jody Allen somehow in the last couple of years, it's tricky to see how Schneider, like Schneider, might be the one that gets the can here mm-hmm. of the three of them. Yeah, and I'm not really sure what that would do. But I, but I don't think Russell Wilson's going to like if Russell Wilson is probably going to win the PR. Or no, he is. He already is. He's winning the PR battle of any exit out of Seattle it just is yeah like you can see it already after last night he's winning it and he's not going to lose he's got the clubhouse lead he's like it's not being overturned but and then Pete is just I want to I want to bring something up about Wilson um there's a guy called Hawks Ninja on social media who always gets at me but in a good way and I, I like it and he listens to the pod I don't know what his name is but we appreciate him um and he is pretty insistent that Wilson himself is the problem he can't do this he can't do that he can't pass there can't pass there he won't pass there and he won't pass there and and that's you know that's a problem that means that the Seals have no chance of winning with him and I don't necessarily disagree with the premise, but you and I have watched a lot of our football. And if anything, if I've learned anything through watching our football, especially with that filthy bastard, Jose Mourinho in charge of my club. Coaching, you said, when you said filthy bastard, that could have been like 17 people. It could have been all of them. <laughs> Apart from Don Antonio and young Mauricio and obviously King Harry, uh, any other manager, yeah, gets that moniker. And Martin, good old Martin. Um but is it a couple legend? Well, one season. Oh, terrific. That's a legend. However, if we know anything from watching that sport, the number of times coaching makes good players look shit is unbelievable. And there's so much of me that thinks that Russell Wilson deserves, I think is the word I want to use, a shot to prove that he can do more with good coaching because I've seen coaches drain the life out of players. And then when a new manager comes in, they look a million dollars. And for me, if Pete Carroll has been drumming into Russell Wilson for the last decade, keep the ball, 
time of possession, nothing risky, don't mess up. We basically don't mess up is Pete Carroll's offensive philosophy. Yeah, protect the football. It's literally second. Yeah, it's basically don't mess up. That will, that will weigh on you as a player. Mm-hmm. And that will become the four. Also watching like Spurs under a new manager, it's amazing how much players listen to coaching and will literally do, like players don't go off piste much. That they listen, they're so talented that they do exactly what the coach wants. And I do think that Wilson is someone that, for my money, deserves a shot. And I'd love it to be in Seattle with another coach to see if, if it can change. Yeah, two two names, uh, Ryan Tannehill mm-hmm. and Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. <laughs> like, it proves everything. Like, because mm-hmm. that Man United team, that, that, J- yeah, Jalen Sancho was the best player in Europe and now he's not playing because Solskjaer didn't like him. And then Ryan Tannehill, obviously Ryan Tannehill is, um, well, lost to the Texans, but he's he's having one of the best QB seasons, I think, uh, in 2021. And he, he looked like a complete, like he should have stayed at wide receiver when he was with Adam Gase in Miami. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's, no I, I, you kind of do want Russell Wilson to have another go on his own. Like Schneider without Pete is kind of like... Maybe you'll do what he did before, but like recent, it just doesn't seem likely. But with Russell Wilson, there is also the, the chat that the, the chance that um, like it's broken kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He's thirty-four, if not now, soon. And like Aaron Rodgers got a new coach at thirty-six. Tom Brady, it's just a different animal together but like Tom Brady had the same coach pretty much his entire career until he was 41 they're like complete outliers and if Russell Wilson wants to stay in that conversation as you you and uh, Mike alluded to last week like the tears like he's going to have he's going to want to do that without Pete Carroll which is probably one reason he wants to move and leave but to the chances of that seem again seem slimmer because he just seems to have issues which again has bubbled under the surface for a couple of years. Now we see people on social media, obviously not everyone listening is on all social media and following the, the the film guys and the tape guys, but people have been saying this middle of the field thing for a couple of years. And now it's just coming to the clear detriment because that is what this offense, this, this pool of offensive talent they've got at the minute is doing and getting open. And Russell Wilson is either holding the ball and letting Chandler Jones sack him 45 times or just overthrowing his, the target and forcing the ball downfield. Like like the best throw Russell Wilson had yesterday was a DK one. Like that might be the best throw he's had all year. Mm. Like he put it in between two defenders, and the only person who could catch it was DK Metcalf, and he didn't. Mm. But that's one throw in what a month of football. But yeah, it, there is a chance that Russell Wilson is broken. Like everyone says, oh, Pete Carroll only wins because of Pete, um, because of Russell Wilson. But Russell Wilson hasn't taken the steps he took in the postseason or kept himself in the conversation when he hasn't had. Marshawn behind him. 
Like, like I no. said, last, like I said, watching Chris Carson is fun. Chris Carson is good. But then you go back, like I said, rewatch. You rewatch 2012, 2013, 2014, Marshawn Lynch. It's, it's, it's a different sport. Hmm. It's, like, yeah, it's just like watching the, the highlights of the Chargers game. Like Justin Herbert was not good in college. <laughs> like he was fine, but that, again, that, that clearly that is clearly a coaching thing. He's got in the NFL. He's been given freedom immediately, and he's just doing everything. Like he's doing things that no other quarterback has done. And then you watch us. Like he's doing things that Russell Wilson was doing a decade ago. Yeah, I'm not sure if you heard it, but the most depressing moment of the whole evening for me watching the game yesterday was when they came out of their halftime break and they had the little sideline uh, reporter, like that, the sideline interview. And um, I can't remember who it was uh, that was asked on our game, but said, you know, well, you know what did Pete Carroll want to do here in the second half? And he said, the main thing we need to do is get better on third down. But the whole point of what you should try and do is avoid being in third down altogether. Yeah. The best teams on third down, I think, are about 45%. I think yep. that's what Mike Dugas said with, with Jackson last week. The last thing you should be trying to do is get better on third down. That's like Kirk Cousins saying he wants to be better in broken play. Like, it doesn't work. You need to avoid third down. And that's where the whole, you know, running the ball um, becomes such a problem. And at the time of possession, because, because they're looking to, they want to be good on third down but no one's actually good on third down. And it's so rare that the, that the team used first and second down to try and get a first down, which is what they should be trying. Yeah. The best quarterback on first down throwing the ball is Russell Wilson in the entire league. Mm. He's got is it 10.3 yards per attempt on first down. Has a pretty good completion rate and has a the best QB QB rating in the league. The first play yesterday was an 18-yard run. So the plays are there, but they just seem they like I think Danny Kelly tweeted earlier that the Seahawks get into dicey third downs on purpose. <laughs> but they're the only team in the league who get into those situations on purpose. Like the, the whole one score win thing for like five, six years. That was like almost by design. Like the whole, you can't win games in the first quarter. That's the point. Like, <laughs> just just do it differently. But this, like he said to, before we start recording that if there's ways to get better, he's going to be open to it. But I, that that's the ship is gone. The ship has like sailed. Yeah, I mean, look at the, you know, the, the defense admittedly has been much better in the last few weeks. Yeah. But they're still 30th in yards against. Yeah. And the now, last, y- yeah. yards don't equal points, admittedly. However, if you try and be a bend but don't break defense, eventually the dam will burst. Mm-hmm. Especially when you have no pressure from your front, your defensive front. I mean, you can give up yards if you've got an okay front that puts under pressure and can get sacks. But these guys can't get sacks and they can't really stop the ball traveling in the back end. So yeah, whilst when it gets congested in the red zone, they've been decent at holding teams to field goals. 
eventually that was going to stop. And yeah. yeah, like the Cardinals should have hung 30 on Seattle yesterday without even really trying. Um, and again, you're, you're right. Like everything they do is high risk and everything has to work pretty perfectly for them to win. And it just feels like that's a, that's as much of a coaching problem as, as anything. Yeah, like you, it's it's all the shot plays. It's all like the like the DK Metcalf though. That's all this kind of we need those to work every single time. And while they have worked for a few years, that that was going to stop, and it is stopping when the quarterback gets it downfield. But yeah, it's. Yeah, I yeah, it's it's this there's seven weeks left. There's seven games left, there's seven winnable games, well, six winnable games on the Rams left. Well no, five winnable games in the Rams and Cardinals. Um and then you could say there's four winnable games and the Niners, Rams and Cardinals, because the Niners look are looking better than the, than they were. Yeah. Imagine that, imagine getting better with the season. Like, that's surely surely not allowed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the first six. What's your solutions, Stu? Come on, we're, we're floating just, around this subject. Just, what what, what well, needs to happen? I, I, uh, they need to get rid of everyone. Like it. Who's who's everyone? Come on, Pete Rose, Pete Schneider. Uh, I I just don't see where Russell Wilson sticks around. There's like it annoyed me in the summer in a weird way that. That we watched uh, for, as onlookers, the Seattle Mariners make a push for the playoffs, and the quarterback of the team across the street was tweeting about Fernando Tatis Jr., <laughs> who plays for San Diego. Like he's yeah, he's a part owner of an MLS team, but like Drew Carey is a part owner of the Sounders. He's not bringing whose lines anyway to Seattle, is he? Like it, it, it is a token. Like Macklemore is a part owner. It's just token things that I, yeah, it's there just doesn't seem to be. But he's he's going to win the PR thing, but I I I think he's I think he's gone. I think he wants out. I don't know where he's going to go. I mean, it could be pretty much anywhere. I mean, the Broncos have spent the weekend paying their wide receivers. So that's set. They've got Noah Fant, they've got Jerry Judy, they've got KG Hamner, who's out for the season. Then they've paid Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton. They've got Javante Williams, who looks decent to workable. And their defense is, they've got Vic Fangio, who can coach defense. So that is clear. It's, it's clearly a setup like we need to sell ourselves to one of the quarterbacks who's going to be available in the offseason. There's only two, probably. But um, well, maybe, no two, um, yeah. And he just he just sat again because I, I it was really. I know he came back, but Pete Carroll left his press conference after seven minutes mid question last night after the <laughs> game, and came back and said he's not used to he doesn't know how to handle this stuff, which is fine, which is understandable. The dude has won pretty much every year this millennium. Like he's won national titles, Super Bowls. He's got to championship games and Super Bowls and. I mean, just look at USC since he left, really. But like, it was really interesting that for all the flack he gets, from, some of it deservedly because, yeah, some of it is stuff is tiresome. But Jamal Adams fronted up more than Pete Carroll did yesterday. Mm. Like, he spoke for 14, 15 minutes, 
did the few usual Jamal things, but that kind of it, 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 it obviously reading probably way too much, but it kind of felt like that's the voice we're going to have to get used to hearing when the Seahawks are in the conversation. It's not Pete Carroll's voice. It's not Russell Wilson's voice. And then after Jamal, it was Jordan Brooks, who, while he had a terrible day yesterday, um, he's also probably the second voice who we're going to have to get used to hearing. And then Tyler Lockett. Like they were the three people they put up yesterday. The guy you give $18 million a year to, the guy you made the, only, the first round pick, a position you had a guy... Um, playing at Ringo, like a, a legend in, in a position anyway. And um, the guy you just give 40 million quid to again this fast off season. It kind of felt like, yeah, it was well, probably re- reading way too much into it. That's what I do with a lot of things. So whatever. Um, but yeah, yeah, that, I, I think it's all, I think they've all gone. I think, uh, but this, the, uh, the, un- the unknown of that happening is probably going to tie me over for the next seven weeks. And <laughs> obviously going out, out there next week and drinking our body weights and manis and pale ale and fireball and crab and chilli and everything else we're going to consume that weekend. But um, yeah, it's just, it's done. And like, obviously I want Russell Wilson to be a Seahawks quarterback, but I don't see how it's... Plausible, like we said, that there's like there's been Easter eggs for a while from the quarterback, not just since Dan Patrick asked, asked a follow up question. Adam, you? Hmm. I would like to see Schneider and Wilson given a crack at it with yeah. an offensive head coach. Yeah, that'd be my ideal scenario. Weirdly, I think I'd rather run it back with all three than lose all three even though it goes completely against what I've been saying for... <clears throat> that that seems like because, the rightest. I mean, l- losing all three is the kind of thing that might take 20 years to, you know, find a, you know, to find a solution. Oh, cool, blimey. If they lose all three, Jody Allen won't, is like, the team is up for sale. Yeah, that's true. Which again, the unknown of that, although it's probably going to be Jeff Bezos, but um, yeah, I, I just don't see any way the quarterback is here. I don't think I want the coach here anymore. And I think if the coach goes, yeah, he's probably going to drag the GM with him. But <laughs> I, I, I would want the GM and the quarterback to have a go. But I mean, I, I would kind of be intrigued to see what Schneider could do with a prop, almost clean slate. Yeah, he's got to pay DK. He's probably going to have to pay Quandre. But there's enough money to do that. There is enough money to do that. But then you've le- legitimately got a completely clean slate because you've got the two good wide receivers. You've got. You'd hope, like Everett's only one year. Is it Everett only one year? I think he is, isn't he? Hmm. By defense... the way, you're supposed to have three good receivers. Like no, no, no yeah, you... poor D. Eskridge, man. You are allowed. Like, no, as in, like D. Eskridge was drafted with their first pick that they had, and you just kind of starting to worry about his 
it has his career taken a slight endorsement by just being drafted to completely the wrong team, seemingly for his skill set. Because, and same as like Colby Parkinson, when I hear like six foot seven tight end, I'm like, great, seam routes, days for days for days, the ones that have killed Seattle forever. Now we'll now we'll do them. Just nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember when Wilson used to do that little float pass to Zach Miller? That little uh, like the little like touch pass over the defensive line, or or even like to Marshawn sometimes. Like, yeah, where's where's that gone? They they just do so much less of like the fun stuff that they used to. It's so boring. I mean. We had, we had a few UK guys. Harry is one of our patrons at the, at the game. Abby and Jordan uh, were there uh, as well. And Harry managed to, to manage to capture the thing I commented that like a, a rare Attenborough clip of a Seahawks touchdown yesterday at the game. He managed to <laughs> managed to record it. But yeah, it's just it's just nothing. There's absolute like there's absolutely nothing going on, and there doesn't seem to be. An idea. I think Mike's wrote that today. Like, just he, they don't have answers. That's why he walked off. He didn't have a like a revelation of an answer. Because if he did, this probably wouldn't have lost to Colt McCoy again. Um. Yeah. It's yeah. It's been quite weird we, reading. There's already like there's always going to be because certain people just live for it um because they have no chin um but there's just uh it's just like fractions already and it's just like no you, like we, like the Seahawks have been quite good like better than 70% probably of the league over the last decade but they're now in like you look read the six 16 NFC teams and then see how long it takes you to read the teams with a worse record than the Seahawks there's one. one team, and they have Jared Goff. They 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 have a quarterback on Sunday who had was it almost three to one more college interceptions or touchdowns, and they're the only team with less. And still, he nearly got a win in Cleveland. But even that backup quarterback is serviceable, although. Cleveland is a oof, but yeah, no, nah, um, 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 yeah, uh, Russell Wilson's fun, Russell Wilson's annoying, but I think we said a few weeks ago he's our king dork, but yeah, I'm just this, I'm, I'm, I'm over it, I think, I'm over everything. Like, I, I'm, I'm really, I think, I'm really intrigued to what that atmosphere is gonna be like in two weeks, mm. yeah, definitely, because it could if be, they yeah. beat, if they beat Washington. I mean, it means it, it's the it's the Niners. So, like, I think that Dan Cohen made a very rare good point where he <laughs> said it's, it's going to be like boosted a bit by being the NFC West game. But, but yeah, like, but there's nothing on it. Like, they, I mean, they have a chance at the playoffs, I think, but they need to almost. Yeah, you, the table you, as well. you could you could make a roadmap for nine and eight for Seattle, just about, just yeah. So there's enough in it just yeah, maybe if they beat Washington that you could think maybe the fans will think, look, beat Washington, uh, you know, beat Washington, beat San Fran, 
then it's Houston, then it's Chicago. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's a, there's kind of a roadmap to seven and seven. There, there is a roadmap, but there's also people on a bridge near Daly Plaza today waiting for JFK to appear. Yeah, we are also shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there is there is there is reasoning for everything, but it's not happening. Like, this, who we got left? They, they they they're losing next week. Heineke looks good. Terry McLaurin is a better receiver than anyone we faced last night. Um, who did we lose to last week? Green Bay. Okay, no, he's better than anyone that the Cardinals had. Yeah, he's with, I mean, like, we, we've got. So you've got it's two and five is how it splits. So you've got two hard games in the Rams and the Cardinals. And then you've got five, and these are the most inverted of commas, easy games against Washington, Chicago, San Fran, Houston, and Detroit. If if the, the Lions are 0-16, or 0-15, mm-hmm. I think, I think they're week 16, or week 17. But it, it, would, it would be... Amazingly fitting if Jared Goff, <laughs> like, but the last home game I think this season is the Lions. Mm. Imagine, <laughs> well, 30, 12, 13 years ago, Mike Horan walked around a snowy quest field probably back then after beating Brett Favre's Noodle Arm and the Jets. Imagine if like Pete Carroll do that and Jared Goff has won a game for the first time in eight years without Sean McVay. It wouldn't be ideal. It would be funny, though. Yeah, it would be, but not ideal. No, it wouldn't be. That podcast after that game would be amazing. <laughs> no, um, I'm retiring. <laughs> uh, yeah, nah, like the Texans beat the Titans yesterday. I know. True. I mean, Tannehill give the ball to um, Houston players more than Russell Wilson looked at DK Metcalf yesterday. <laughs> I mean, I just don't, I just don't, like the whole conversation about him was what we talked about with Mike. It was annoying, but like, like, like Mike said, he has a point. We're not getting the ball to the people who can do shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish people could see how like. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, we're not. We're, we're going to lose to Washington. Um, I hope they beat the Niners because we're there. <laughs> and then it's just, it's just, it's just pot luck, isn't it? It's just like it could be anything. I mean, if they lose on Monday night, we are walking. We are walking into. You have a row to yourself. Yeah. Do you like that old Jasper Carrots get when like you used to go to blues games and the St. John's ambulance used to stage fights to make make it like there's people there. Mm. And so to the guy behind me went, Oi. Um yeah. Has this helped, Adam? I think it has. <laughs> it's helped me, and that's all I really care about. <laughs> I mean, you've got 40 minutes, huh? That was pretty impressive. Um Spin in the bin because 
like I mean, was there any positives from last night? I mean, Trey Brown's out for the season. No. There were no positives. There, there were no positives at all. No, I don't think there was. Um, um, I mean, the officiating, uh, ter- the officiating was terrible. I mean, and the commentators were awful. Oh, Jonathan Vilma. Oh, like. I get it's a hard job. We well, we spoke to Adam Mean last year. Like it's a hard job because they have literally like hard. But he was just chatting absolute nonsense. Like it, yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't even like he was getting things wrong. He just wasn't. What was he? What? What was he? What was he? How did he get that job? <laughs> the league has like hundreds of players retire every year, and Fox employ Jonathan Vilma and Emmanuel Acho. Like, like, on purpose is, yeah. Uh, spin the bin. We will not do a formal spin this week because there is only one thing that's going in the bin. <laughs> at the, at the, at, as a listener request, I think this is as a listener request. The Seattle <laughs> Seahawks. Dave Sayers. I mean, like, get, I, like I said, him in the bin. Like I said today, in the bin. Like I said to him, like it, I thought that was implied for the last three or four years that they're in the bin every time they lose. I kind of feel like the Seahawks are the bin. Um, what the physical embodiment? Yeah, just sh- tr- a, a receptacle of shite. <laughs> yeah, maybe. No, then no, you're right. They're, they need to imagine they're, they're the, the seals are the inner lining of the bin, so they're they all they're always there. Yeah, imagine if we look, look lose to Jared Goff and then hire Hugh Jackson. I mean, that would be <laughs> laptop will be closed, the Microsoft will be in the bin, and I'll see you in two plus years' time for the next podcast. Thank you very much. He's gonna last that long. Well, yeah, two months. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that would, yeah. That, yeah, that, yeah, but that, that'd be like uh, Jim Carrey realizing he was in the Truman Show, wouldn't it? That'd be like, shit. <laughs> like walking to the end of the soundstage. Um, spoilers. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's call it. Let's call yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, all usual means and methods. Um, Mr. 2021 was on the Pat McAfee show, sort of today. I mean, if you haven't seen the clip, it's quite funny. Watching a Indiana Indiana Pittsburgh native try and pronounce D U G A R was uh, more adventurous than I realised it was. Um, but yeah, we'll use your means and methods. Patreon.com forward slash position podcast, uh, Podbean, Spotify, iTunes. Uh, see what's played next Monday night. Thank you for listening. Thank you for lasting this long. If you have, maybe next week will be more upbeat if we do one, but we had them, we'll be in Seattle Uh, so maybe a couple of weeks until the next one but until next time this has been the pedestrian podcast go away Hawks